Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your co-host Eva and I'm here with Tiffany. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing wonderful and it's crazy to think that this is the one year. I don't know if I should say anniversary if that's an appropriate (laughs) word, but it's one year since lockdown remember the days when we thought this was going to be two weeks I don't know if I ever thought it was going to be two weeks but I definitely didn't think it would be one fucking year never I mean I kind of was like two weeks maybe like four weeks that's it I didn't even think it was going to be two months no I was like oh my god by end of summer everything's gonna be normal I actually, I remember when this was all first popping off, I think my exact words were, by June, we will have forgotten this ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) We were so naive. So naive. I mean, I literally, I thought we would have forgotten the word coronavirus by June. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And you know, the whole point of this episode was, I think Heva and I can very comfortably say we were two completely different people pre-quarantine. And this is really about quarantine. This isn't about corona or the pandemic or the shit show that's ensued. It's about being stuck at home or not stuck, but being told you have to stay home and how that kind of changed us and sort of the awakenings that we had this past year. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You know how they always say you remember where you were when it all went down? You were in New York. So for you, it was a little different because you guys Mm -hmm. didn't kind of go into an immediate lockdown. It was sort of this like slow, slower process. Yeah, precisely. For us... LA never really said anything and Mr. B and I were invited to a wedding on the East Coast and we had gone back and forth on if we should go but we were like well everything's normal on the West Coast for the most part. I had just started working from home because I was working on a studio lot and they had kind of just been like let's just work from home to be safe like it wasn't like anything was shut down. And not only we were going to a wedding, but we were staying with his sister who lived about two hours away from the wedding because the wedding was in like the mountains, like in the middle Mm. of nowhere where we couldn't even get a flight in. So we had to fly into the city that she lives in, get a car, drive like two hours into the mountains for this wedding. And then after the wedding, we were going to go visit his grandma who also lives on the East Coast. We were like hey, if we're on the East Coast, let's like hit it all up because it's such a trek to get over there. And we get to LAX and it is 
empty. We literally land, go to dinner because the wedding was in like two days. We were going to spend two days with his sister. We're sitting at dinner and like the NBA shuts down and then everything started getting locked down. And then the next morning we wake up and we're seeing toilet papers being taken off the shelves. (laughs) It's like apocalyptic. Keep in mind, we're on the East Coast. We're not in some third world country. But in my head, I'm like, I can't be stuck here. I can't be stuck on the East Coast. We need to go back. And we had a whole trip planned. We were going to multiple states, going to a wedding. And I turned to Miss Ruby and I was like, what if they start canceling flights and we have to stay here for several weeks to a month? I can't do that. And thinking back to how fucking spoiled I was, I was like, I can't be stuck on the East Coast for three (laughs) weeks. I need to get back to L.A. So literally we were like going back and forth and we booked the next fucking flight. We didn't go to the wedding because I I was like, I'm not going to the mountains when toilet paper is gone. I'm not doing any of this. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Barely made it back to L.A. We landed at like 9 p.m., went straight to the grocery store. It was fucking mayhem. And got like tissue paper and I remember I like wiped my coochie with tissue paper for like three months because we didn't (laughs) because that's all they had left but I think everyone kind of went through that if they weren't living if they were living in a major city that didn't have a lockdown like New York did yeah I mean thank god I had so much toilet paper at home when it happened but I actually was supposed to go to a wedding too and it was crazy because Things started unfolding in New York so much sooner than the rest of America. So I remember the day that I was supposed to get on the train to go down to D.C. for this wedding. Like everyone I talked to in New York was like, are you out of your mind? Like you're going to get on a train and go to a wedding right now. And then Como kept being like, hey, New Yorkers, I want you to act as though you have it. Because he's like, for all we know, all of New York City could be infected. And I mean, think about it. In New York, we're literally living on top of each other. Our entire lives are outside of our apartments. I mean, 99% of people don't have laundry in their apartment. A lot of people don't even have real kitchens in their apartments you know it's it's like a glorified motel room essentially that you're living in no one has like a backyard people go to public playgrounds you know kids and stuff so it just seems like the perfect storm for something like this so I remember thinking about it and I was like okay if I do have the virus and I just am unaware and then I go to this wedding and spread it to all these old people at the wedding who are then going to travel, and you know, so I was like, all right, I'm not going to the wedding. Like the, the, that's like kind of out, out of the question. My parents were supposed to come up. My entire family was supposed to come up the following week for Persian New Year's. They canceled their trips. I mean, I just remember one of my best friends worked at this bar right down the street from me. And this was like, first week of March or so he would come over every night after work and be like I literally laid down on top of the bar because no one was there like the city had shut down well before any sort of quarantine was announced like you would walk the streets and it looked like a post-apocalyptic town like New York City was dead Yeah, that makes sense to me. L.A. was not like that until the day we went to LAX because we had been at a bar like the week before and everything 
was normal because I think people in LA are just so fucking delusional. And then it just, I don't know. Cause in LA it's literally the opposite. It's not a real city. So you don't mm. see anyone. You're not on top of anyone. You don't interact with anyone. There really wasn't any sort of thing about it like there was in New York City. Yeah. But once lockdown happened, I mean, I look back at one year ago, Tiffany, and I have to say this has been the most transformative year of my life internally. It's been a huge year for me, especially my lifestyle and whatnot changed a lot, not because of the pandemic, but because of conscious efforts I made because of the pandemic. It's funny because when me and you were talking about this, we realized we had complete opposite reactions to everything like emotional mental reactions and again we're not speaking about covid we're speaking about the self-reflection that we did when we were put in isolation essentially yeah just having that time and space to really reflect on your life and how it affected us yeah because pre-quarantine i was constantly traveling. I was constantly out. I was working 13 hours a day in a studio lot, coming home. Sometimes I would go out after working 12 hour days or I would come home and like be on the phone with a friend. I never spent a minute with myself ever. I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And this really forced me to it was actually really good for me in that way. See, I was the exact opposite. I was already working from home right before quarantine hit. For months before that, my dog was extremely sick. I mean, she was on the verge of dying sick. And she was on these steroids that would make her incontinent, like completely incontinent. So for three or four months before we went into lockdown, I was taking taking her out every two hours. And when I wasn't walking her, I was washing things that she had peed on and like otherwise playing nurse to her. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't left the house. I hadn't seen a person. I hadn't socialized. I hadn't done anything in months. Like I had been in self-quarantine and really all I was doing pretty much was taking care of this dog who was like, I would say halfway between a living dog and a corpse because she was so heavily medicated. Like she was barely responsive or, you know, I was meditating, doing self-work, all this stuff. So, I mean, when this first happened, I kind of felt like, well, fuck this. My dog just got off of medicine. I mean, like three days ago, got off of medicine and I was finally excited to live my life. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I was kind of like, well, I have a leg up on people because I've like worked from home. I have so much experience sitting with my thoughts. I, you know, like all these things that I've actually grown to be really comfortable with. I was almost ahead of the curve in dealing with this, especially when I thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I was the complete opposite. I'd never been alone with myself with nothing to do because even work slowed down. Obviously, we weren't going out anymore. And with that self-reflection, which I can very comfortably say I probably had never done to that degree, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this. I'm actually Mm going to sit down and do some inner work and really think about what I want, what I don't want. And at first it was really, really difficult because I missed that life I had been living. 
And then I slowly started to realize how much I actually wasn't happy. I was going out and doing all those things because I didn't want to face certain things. And it really wasn't healthy. And after sort of like missing the normalcy went away, I realized even when things start to go back to normal, which they kind of are, I don't want to live like that anymore. Like I'm done. So I had a similar realization, but in a very opposite way. So for me, I was like, wow, everyone's complaining about how bored they are or this or that. And meanwhile, my life hasn't changed at all. Like I'm living the exact same way I was pre quarantine. And it was such a wake up call for me. I was like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be like this. Like, I don't want to constantly be home alone. Like, I don't want to be single for forever. Because also, I mean, everyone who knows me through this podcast probably thinks of me as someone who dates regularly because I have been throughout this podcast. But before this past summer, I wasn't on dating apps. I never went on dates. I never met guys. Like, I never talked to guys. I never really did anything. I was so fixated and stuck in my routines and my way of doing things. Like I didn't even really hang out with my friends. It was just this big moment for me where I was like, okay, I need to make some changes in my life. And I didn't get on the apps and stuff until the summer because I didn't really, I wasn't interested in, you know, having a virtual relationship with someone like that just doesn't like, I would rather just be by myself and do self-work and stuff like that. A couple months into quarantine, when the weather started getting better, my brother started introducing me to people who I'd like, you know, go on socially distant walks with and stuff like that. I made new friends. And then in June, I got on the dating apps and I really, my life and lifestyle is so different now because I had to really face myself and be like, okay, why have I been living my life as though I'm in a government-imposed quarantine? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Why is it that not a single thing in my life is different? Well, I take it back. The one thing that was different was that I wasn't getting my face threaded, so I just looked like an orangutan. But other than that, why is it (laughs) that nothing in my life is different? Like that's, And it would be one thing if I was okay with that, but I, I do want a social life, you know? I'm not saying I want to be, like, out at the club, but I do want to actually have friends, have a partner, have people that I interact with. Yeah, for me, it was, like, the opposite. But around the same timeline as well, or during the summer... Because at first, the first few months, I was like, oh, I miss going out. I miss going to bars. I miss going clubbing. I miss, you know, partying. And then I was like, no, actually, I really fucking don't at all. Like, I don't miss Mm -hmm. anything. I like being at home. I like being chill. I like being low key. I like being by myself. I don't want to waste my energy doing shit that doesn't serve me in a positive way and doing those things to the extent that I was doing the amount that I was working the amount that I was going out was so excessive it wasn't adding anything positive into my life and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that it was essentially a form of escapism yeah a hundred percent 
And I think you were in the opposite way kind of escaping by not doing any of those things. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, and mine may have seemed really woke on the surface because I'm like sitting at home doing all this self-work and meditating. But really the work for me is actually being out in the world because it's really easy for me to sit and meditate and journal and answer journal prompts and do all this digging into my childhood and psychoanalyzing myself that stuff's easy for me what's hard for me is actually engaging with other people and actually putting myself out there and taking risks so you know what seems like work or whatever to some people it it isn't that noble for me to be doing it the harder things for me are those things and that's what I'd kind of numb and escape from by being like oh but I need to you know be at home and meditate 12 hours a day or whatever (laughs) It's literally our shit is exactly the opposite, which is so crazy. But I think you fall into two categories, right? Like you're either like me where you are just living your life for bullshit essentially and going out and just keeping yourself so busy so you can't think for two seconds or you're just thinking so much and not doing anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were like, wow, I don't want to live like that. I do have other friends that also being in quarantine now, they're like, I want to go out. I wasn't going out enough. I need to do more things. And, you know, it's not like I'm going out like crazy now. In fact, I haven't really been going out at all the past few weeks, but that's because I've been hold up with Van Guy. Yeah, (laughs) that's different. But, you know, even before he got into town, I mean, I was, you know, maybe going on one to two dates per week and seeing a friend or two maybe like going for a walk or just having someone over it's not like I was doing anything crazy or excessive but for me that was so different it was so much more and it brings me so much happiness to actually connect and engage with people you know human beings and not just my dog all the time A hundred percent. There's also other things that I noticed, like putting effort with people that I don't want to put effort with. I just completely stop. Those people that you say, oh my gosh, we'll definitely hang out soon. We're not hanging out soon. (laughs) Let's be honest with ourselves and about the situation. We're not going to hang out. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most beautiful things that happened with the pandemic was that it gave us licensing to end friendships that we didn't really want to be in. And I think it really highlighted like, okay, does this person mean enough to me for me to, you know, do something that's potentially uncomfortable like being six feet away from someone in an outdoor setting isn't fun you know that's not a fun outing so if it's you know if it's someone you really really care about you'll do it for them and not just friendships I think it showed us all the things in our lives that actually don't matter that much and I think for a lot of people it was their jobs yeah I mean I realized how much energy and time I was putting into a job that was giving me literally nothing in return but a paycheck, which Mm -hmm. wasn't even how much I deserve to be paid. It was the most eye-opening thing, and it really now, I do shit for me now. Mm -hmm. I was living and dying by my job. I will never do that again. My job dictated my entire life. That's never fucking happening. My Mm -hmm. social life dictated my entire life. 
that's never happening. I've never had a man dictate my life. (laughs) So that wasn't the case. But just people, like people that weren't really giving me anything or just stressing me out or dictating my energy and my moods, never again. My tolerance for the smallest amount of bullshit is so fucking low. There is none. There's zero tolerance. Was that similar for you or was it the opposite or... Yeah, no, that I would say was the same for me. It just, it puts things in perspective and you're kind of like, none of this matters. No, none of I this don't matters, care. you know? I would be so worried about anyone, not judging me, but I definitely, there was a part of me that was like, maybe cared mm-hmm. about doing certain things. I really give zero fucks and I can very comfortably say that wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, one thing, speaking of what other people think of you that really changed for me is I've always felt socially behind my peers, largely because, you know, I wasn't socialized enough as a child. So as a even like when I entered the first grade, I felt like everyone knows how to play with each other and I just have no idea. And I've always felt like that at every stage of life. You know, like I didn't go to my high school prom. So I remember when I went to college, I felt like kind of weird and like I was, you know, less developed than other kids. And at every stage of life, I felt like this. And then working from home and moving to a new city where I didn't really know people and didn't have a ton of social interaction. I just always felt socially behind but then when we go into lockdown I was like huh we're all kind of on an even playing field now because no one is socializing it's not just me that's not socializing now everyone doesn't know how to socialize (laughs) and so it did wonders for my social anxiety because it was the first time like during the summer when people were starting to you know leave the house a little bit again I was like wow I am not behind everyone and it was the first time where I didn't just have this constant voice in my head that's like Hiva you're being an idiot Hiva you don't know how to behave Hiva you don't know how to talk to people Hiva you don't know it muted that voice and I was like no I'm the exact same as everyone else also the thought of going to a party and having to pretend like I like someone or pretend I want to make small talk sounds exhausting Mm -mm. there's no way like I have zero tolerance for like small talk or pretending I care about someone's life when I genuinely don't yeah for sure although I will say early quarantine I did a lot of zooms that I did not want to be doing (laughs) and I'm really glad that we've exited that stage of quarantine (laughs) well there was a novelty to all of it it was all new it was all like let's get on this app and see each other and pretend like shit isn't hit the fucking fan now it's like okay shit hit the fan we've all accepted it let's stop pretending right yeah exactly (laughs) another thing I really don't care about is pop culture and I used to be obsessed with celebrity news it was also part of my job but I have no desire to watch any award shows like they're all so fake anyways I don't give a fuck who's getting what award. I don't even know what movies came out, which is insane because I worked in the entertainment industry and that's all I knew. I don't care about 
any celebrity culture shit. So this is kind of the opposite for me again. Now I will say I've never cared and I still don't care that much. I still certainly don't watch awards shows and things like that. I just can't wrap my mind around that to be completely honest. But this is the most I've ever cared about pop culture or known about pop culture in my entire life. That's so funny. When the Hilaria Baldwin stuff went down, that's one of the most engaged I've been in something in pop culture, maybe in my life. Now, I will say it was fascinating and hilarious, and I still think about it like maybe two to three times a day. And I think for me, it almost fosters a sense of community. And that's what I like about it. Like it just, it kind of feels like you're in high school and you're talking shit about someone you go to high school with. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we all are in this together. So it's, it's just very bonding. Like my sister-in-law and I would talk about the hilarious stuff constantly. See, you're saying this right now. I kind of know what the hilarious stuff is and I kind of don't, which is insane because I used to be so in tune. I mean, I know what you're talking about yeah. for the most part, where she pretended to be Spanish. Basi- basically. basically. <laughs> she basically pretended that she was born and raised in Spain. And it, it appears as though she probably has never lived in Spain ever. And like she like had a full fake accent was like pretending to not remember English words. <laughs> and she's like super white and from Massachusetts and her neither of her parents have an accent. So it's real weird. I don't know what to say. <laughs> so she's from L.A. She's just pretending to be something she's not. <laughs> like I said, it's the most I've ever cared, which still isn't that much. But it is the most I've ever cared. <laughs> I also watch a lot more reality TV. Like I've really made my way through Bravo. I used to watch like two Bravo shows and now I watch a solid like six. It is so hard for me to sit and watch stuff. Also, if I don't love it, very early on. Like I'll just stop watching. What I do really miss is the Tiger King stage of quarantine. That was one of the best parts of quarantine. I love that stage. Again, it was the beginning where there was this novelty to it. Yeah. And when that went away, it was like, oh, this is just how we're living now. Like this isn't fun and cute anymore. It's just insane that it's been one year. I do think that history books will refer to time as pre-COVID and post-COVID. Like, I think we as a society are forever changed. And in many ways, I think in really good ways, you know, I think we've all learned how to properly wash our hands and the fact that we should do it with some regularity. I mean, I will admit that the only time I used to wash my hands was right before handling food. But now I always wash my hands when I come in from outdoors, which is genius. It makes so much sense. I don't know why I never thought of it before, honestly. You know, I think we've all kind of learned a lot about what's important to us in life and prioritizing that. And I think a lot of us have gotten rid of the things that we realized really are not important to us yeah and I will say if you are hearing us and maybe you're thinking well I didn't have any sort of transition or change emotionally or mentally you probably did and you just don't realize it 100 percent. yeah this is your chance to really take a step back after this episode 
and really think about what you're doing differently now and how you're handling things. And I'm sure even if it doesn't feel like that, I'm sure it's a positive growth because I think a lot of the changes I've made mentally and emotionally and how I'm handling a lot of things, I probably would have always come to this point. I think quarantine sped it up. Exactly. That's all it did. We were all going to get to this point one way or another. Like you probably would have at some point looked at yourself and been like, I don't want to be single forever. I want to go out. I want to be social. But it might have been in like a year or two. And instead, we all had these awakenings very quickly. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't think you had one, you probably did. But it was such a slow transition that you just don't realize it. Yeah, that's really well said. I think a good exercise for anyone listening to this who is really unsure of what may have changed, maybe journal on everything in your life that is still the same as one calendar year ago, and then look at the things that you didn't write down and see exactly what has changed. So what you chose to keep in your life and what you kind of released and evolved in. Yeah, and we're not talking about physical literal things yeah definitely you don't need to write down that you like never wear heels anymore yeah or that you like gained a COVID-15 or whatever (laughs) those things aren't relevant like we all did like we all like (laughs) literally the other night we went out to dinner and I wore just yoga clothes because I was like I don't fucking care anymore I'm wearing whatever I want, whenever I want. I was in the mood to wear a yoga set and that's what I wore out to dinner. Yeah. I mean, I'm wearing a yoga set right now, which I do live in. I will say though, since this has happened, I get a lot more dressed up for basic things. Like over the summer, I would get dolled up for the grocery store, like dolled up, like put on outfits to go buy groceries. (laughs) (laughs) I look like shrek when i go get groceries it's like face masks sunglasses jacket that doesn't match pants with a hat i look scary but i'm so into it no makeup i rarely Mm. ever wear makeup ever if i do Mm. random aside but whenever i see someone wearing a mask and sunglasses it reminds me of did you watch the office yes do you remember in the later seasons when Dwight wants to interview to take over the office manager job, but they won't let him. So he comes in like a full head cast and pretends to be someone else. (laughs) It always reminds me of that because I'm like, I can't see even an inch of your face right now. That's my uniform when I go out. I want to be unrecognizable. People probably think I'm like, in my head, I'm like, everyone thinks I'm like Selena Gomez. But actually. Yeah, they probably do. Or like a Kardashian or something. They probably think I'm like one of the crackhead homeless people, to be quite honest. Because that's the entire LA at this point. But I just don't fucking care. And honestly, the thought of going to a bar and having to dress up makes me physically ill I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I don't want to I'm sure at some point I will but I want it to be my choice yeah definitely yeah I love the idea of making a little list and look if you're exactly the same person you were a year ago then 
holy fucking shit. I don't know what to say to you. You are operating on another level. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were way ahead of the curve is all I could think <laughs> if that's what is happening. You know what I mean? Because quarantine hit and you were like, you know what? I'm great as is. There is nothing <laughs> I need to change. So go you. <laughs> Tiffany and I were not in that boat. So <laughs> you're either we're like operating at a higher level or you're like such a piece of shit. <laughs> There's like no in between. You're like such trash that even like a global pandemic couldn't fucking impact you. Like you just have so little <laughs> self-awareness. Yeah. Which I hate to say it, there are people like that. No one that listens to this podcast, obviously. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think I don't think people listening to this podcast fall in that category, but Yeah, but we all know people or I've seen people on Instagram that like literally it's like nothing happened Mm -hmm. they're still in 2019 somehow I don't know how I mean I remember in April this girl in this Facebook group I was in was like yeah I've been talking to this guy on tinder and he wants me to go to his house since everywhere is closed like blah blah should I go and we were all like a no (laughs) It's like, even in normal circumstances, <laughs> yeah. you should not go to a stranger's house who you've never met. But B, uh, we're in the middle of this little thing called a global pandemic. Like, none of us have left our houses in three weeks and you're trying to gallivant around <laughs> getting dick? No, stay the fuck home, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to catch COVID. You're going to catch a lot of other shit. Yeah. Like COVID's the <laughs> least of your concerns right now. <laughs> Which speaking of gallivanting around, we do have our question of the week, which is kind of quarantine pandemic related. Here is the question. Hi, ladies. I'm in a friendship dilemma and need your advice. So I took quarantine very seriously while one of my good friends was constantly out partying and acting like we were not in a pandemic. Now that things are opening back up, she wants to meet. But TBH, I don't know if I want to be friends. The way she handled everything really rubbed me the wrong way. Am I making it a big deal? Should I ghost her? Do I tell her how I feel? Help. I love this question so much. This is so normal. I was talking to friends literally the other day who have stopped talking to people because they don't like the way they acted during the pandemic, essentially. Yeah. And listen, I don't think we need to be judging people or, you know, canceling people just because they do things differently than you. But I do think that one of the many things that happened with the pandemic was it revealed a lot of our values and it showed us places where maybe people around us don't have the same values as us. And that kind of, to me, sounds like what's going on in this question. 1000%. Because at the end of the day, like people are going to live how they want to live and we should just sort of worry about ourselves And if you don't feel comfortable doing something, don't fucking do it. Yeah. Which is why I don't think telling her is going to make a difference. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's one of two things going on here or maybe a combination of the two. Either she doesn't want to be around the friend because she's been partying and is worried about catching something. If it's as simple as that, I actually think you should be upfront and be like, hey, like I know you've been socializing a lot. I just don't you know, necessarily want to be around that. Sorry, I'm like super paranoid or whatever. But my guess is that there's a second element going on here, and that's the misaligned values. And if that's the case, I mean, you, you do you. You're more than welcome to say whatever you want. If you want to go into it with this person and you think it's worth it, then do it. I also don't think you're obligated to by any means. No, I mean, she ghosted COVID and you could just ghost her. I mean, (laughs) she pretended like COVID didn't fucking exist. And who has the fucking energy these days? I don't have the energy to put on jeans. I sure as fuck don't have the energy to sit down and tell someone why I don't agree with their life choices. Like, I just don't care enough. We're talking about how this has put things in perspective. And one of the things that I hope we're all realizing is we don't owe anyone anything. No. At the end of the day. I mean, if it makes you feel better to communicate, then please do. But if this is a relationship that you realize you don't need in your life anymore, then just move on. Yeah, fuck her. I mean, yeah, because I think when we're all in isolation, right, we realize all you can really depend on at the end of the day is yourself. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. even depend on the fucking grocery store having toilet paper. How are you going to depend on anybody at this point? So one thing I realize, and I say this a lot on the podcast, but I wasn't really like this, is to put myself first, to put my mm-hmm. own feelings first, but what I want first. I never did this before. I put everything else first but Tiffany, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Your job, your friends, your social life. Everything. Yeah. Dick. I mean, (laughs) not men, just specifically dick. (laughs) You kind of did too in a way. Yeah, in, in kind of an opposite way, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been one year. Hopefully we've all grown. Hopefully we've all learned. I hope whoever listened to this it was somewhat relatable. I think sometimes we forget that we've all kind of had such similar experiences this past year because we've been so far apart. Yeah, definitely. And that is one thing I will say. I do feel such a strong connection and bond with everyone on the planet right now because we have shared this experience together that no one will ever understand. Like when we're older and there's generations below us, They're going to ask us about this time and it, you know, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face, but no one will truly understand it unless they lived it with us. A hundred percent. And there was a part of me that was like, God, when my kids asked me about this, like, mom, what did you do during the global pandemic? I didn't want to be like, yeah, I was fucking party hopping in secret. Like I was like, oh, that's so like tacky. Like Mm -hmm. actually I did a lot of self reflection. (laughs) (laughs) I started a podcast. I started a podcast. I met your dad. (laughs) (gasps) I mean, honestly, Heva, that's hopefully I met your dad, Van Guy. (laughs) Oh my God, stop. God, I really hope he doesn't listen to this one. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was pregnant. Breaking news. <laughs> That's our announcement. <laughs> God, if I was pregnant, I probably would announce it on this podcast before I would tell him. He probably would find out from yeah. the podcast and be like, wait, I'm sorry, you're pregnant? <laughs> surprise yeah surprise (laughs) so let's go to our review of the week okay i'm obsessed with this one sex in the city but for real oh i know strong start this podcast will literally have you talking to your phone as if you were literally sitting with your two best friends I'm an avid podcast listener and can't think of any that have me laughing out loud by myself the way Heva and Tiffany do. Highly recommend. Oh my God, so nice. I know. I love that so much. Thank you so much. You are automatically entered to win the giveaway. Oh yeah, what is this week's giveaway? For everyone else to enter into the giveaway... Please screenshot this episode, share it in your stories, leave a review, screenshot and send that to us. Make sure to tag us and anything you share in your stories and you'll be entered into the giveaway. And the giveaway is, you know, along with all these changes, internal changes that Tiffany and I made, both of our vaginas also went through quite the evolution during COVID. Are we sending photos of our vaginas pre and post quarantine? No. Because <laughs> I haven't taken any nudes for the past year. Because, like, why would I? Like, I can, he can't get enough yeah. of me. Like, He's like, I'm literally three feet away from you. He's like, I'm in your asshole. I don't want to see pictures of it. Literally, I'm in the background of the nude that you just sent me. I took it. So true. Um, No, I haven't taken a nude in forever. And I'm actually really excited that I have you to help with this because... You know, eventually Van Guy is going to go on his van trip. <laughs> so, <laughs> Or not. Honestly, who knows? Yeah, I mean, at this point, <laughs> we still have the van to give away yeah. on that note. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so the winner of the giveaway, we will DM you and tell you about some of the changes that our vaginas have been through. I did talk about it on the podcast. So what episode? I talked about... W- one of mine, but mine mine's been through a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've talked about yours in episode five. I've talked about yeah. one of my things in episode seven, but there's been a lot that's happened to my vagina in the past 12 months that yeah. I shockingly have not <laughs> yet brought up on this spot. I mean, with the amount that I've talked about my vagina, one would think I've covered it all, but nope. <laughs> And, you know, I will say, spoiler alert, I still haven't gotten laser ever since, like, it became illegal. I think it's legal now, but I honestly, like, I'm scared. Like, I don't know, (laughs) like, the screams of horror that are going to come out when they see what has transpired to (laughs) my body, because... If you don't keep doing laser, the the hair's back. Like, she is back in full fucking force. So, yeah, I think I need to start going back. Because when we open back up, like, 
I can't go out looking like this. I mean, does your labia usually show when you go out? First of all, yes. Second of all, even if it doesn't show, it's such a chaotic energy that, like, I feel like people will still be able to, like, sense what's happening. (laughs) Even if they can't see it. It's so... It's really fucking scary. Well, I can't wait for the day when it's people out, sun's out, labia's out. Yeah. I'll send you pre and post quarantine pussy pics if you... All right. I'll just tell you, and I'm telling you it is worth it. Like, I mean, I have done some crazy things to my vagina. I'm really only saying this because I'm curious if anyone actually listens to this and DMs, hey, yeah, are you going to send those (laughs) pussy pics? Which, if you have the gall to DM me that, fuck, maybe I will send it to you. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's well-deserved. I think (laughs) if you actually genuinely enter the giveaway and demand it, then it's deserved. God, you know, I know last week we joked around about getting kicked out of our category for prostitution, but I really think this could be the final straw. I mean, I think we are very soon to find out what the limits and boundaries are. I really, the one thing I do expect constantly is for Apple to be like, listen, (laughs) it's okay, but you cannot be in the health and wellness category if you're going to say things like this. Whenever we get ranked and I look at our category and I see the other like alternative health and wellness (laughs) podcasts... And I haven't listened to any of them, but I just see their pictures and I could tell it's like so fucking wholesome. And then I think about the shit that we're saying. And I have to say, I think this episode kind of was fucking health and wellness. So fuck (laughs) off, Apple. But I'm just cringing that someone's going to be like, let me listen to some podcasts. And then they come to ours and it's like (laughs) vagina, dick, like dick size, like all this shit. And I'm like, this is so bad. (laughs) Oops. Oopsies. But yeah, give us five stars so um, Apple doesn't take us out of our category. And so at least when like other people in our category look at us, they're like, yeah, these girls are like disgusting, but they do have five stars. Yes, exactly. Leave a nice review. Say something nice. Lie if you have to. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Love you guys. Bye, guys.